MSW Media. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis hotline. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash dailybeans. Start living a better life today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, July 19th, 2023. Today, Donald Trump has received a target letter from Jack Smith's investigation into January 6th. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has announced criminal charges against 16 fraudulent electors. The first SEPA conference took place in Judge Aileen Cannon's courtroom today. Israeli antiquities remain stranded at Mar-a-Lago as authorities have been unsuccessful in retrieving them. A U.S. soldier has defected to North Korea and a Charlottesville tiki torture has been arrested for his role in attacking the Capitol January 6th. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Well, hello. Hi. That last story, was that one of those fine people on both sides and has been arrested again? Yep, that was one of the fine people on both sides. <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Just an interesting smorgasbord of news today. But of course... Oh, so much justice, though. The, the big story is, is that Donald Trump has received a target letter from the Department of Justice from Jack Smith's special counsel investigation looking into the January 6th probe. Rolling Stone is reporting that the statutes mentioned in that target letter are 18 U.S. Code 371, that's conspiracy to defraud the United States, 1512C2. They say witness tampering in in Rolling Stone. I assume they mean obstructing an official proceeding, which is under 1512, which is witness tampering, but 1512C2 is obstructing an official proceeding. I assume they mean that. And then Title 18, U.S. Code Section 242, civil rights violation under color of law. So that is what Norm Eisen and the Pross Memo folks thought was going to be inciting an insurrection or aiding and abetting an insurrection. There's no mention of insurrection, no mention of seditious conspiracy. That doesn't mean there can't be superseding indictments or that Rolling Stone is correct. But anyway, those are the three statutes, 242, 1512C2, and 371. Best I can pick out from what Rolling Stone says, because Rolling Stone just used words. They didn't use numbers. <laughs> right. So You're like, oh my God. <laughs> those are the numbers that I think they mean. But, you know, we will learn soon enough. When this indictment is unsealed, we're going to talk about that on the Jack episode, obviously. And also, first, uh, Aileen Cannon hearing today down in Miami courtroom. She was hearing some uh, arguments about SEPA Section 2. And then one of the big stories was when the trial is going to be. She scheduled it for August 14th. Department of Justice asked for December 11th. And Trump asked for never uh, or sometime after the (laughs) or sometime after the election. (laughs) Now, she seemed to push back hard on Trump's contention that a fair jury can't be selected before the election. She wasn't buying that argument. But she also seemed to be buying the argument that they might need more time, the Trump side, to go over all of the, you know, all of the like over a million pages and documents and all this discovery, all this material, 1500 pages of classified documents all sorts of things. And and so she seemed to be buying into that, although DOJ laid out a pretty plain as day schedule that that's not necessary. And, the, and of course, Trump side's like, 
They sent us hours, millions of hours of video footage. He's like, yeah, but we gave you the timestamps that are relevant to your case, you know. Um, but, you know, they're probably going to say, we have to look at all of it, even though they don't. That's It's and that, that kind would, of... That would assume they know what a timestamp means, Allison. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, you know, any excuse to delay the trial. Now, of course, we'll go over this on Jack. We have long said... Andy and I, as well as uh, Brian Greer, who is who does our uh, Under Seal segment on the Jack podcast, he's former CIA general counsel, he's done these trials a lot, that the DOJ is probably aiming for a June of 2024 timeframe for the trial, but put in December to, you know, make it hard for them to ask for after the election. It's kind of like if you want to pay $50 for something, you, you know, you make an offer of... 25, they say 75, and you fall in the middle at 50, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what's going on here. So I don't want to, anyway, if if she, she hasn't made a ruling yet, but if she comes out with something in like June or next spring or something in between the primary and the election, don't, that's not, I don't think that's something to be uh, overly upset about. I think that that's what the Department of Justice was aiming for when they set a December trial date anyway. Anyhow, we'll go over all that. And I want to thank everyone for your incredible feedback about the Miles Taylor interview yesterday. Just some really great comments. And of course, you know, constructive feedback. I I know he's a Republican. I know that interviewing him doesn't make me pro-life. You know, it was um, a very touching, vulnerable, self-critical interview on his part. And I want to thank everybody for your very positive and kind words. Uh, All right. With all that, we have a lot of news to get to. That's just the, that's (laughs) just the (laughs) the quick hits. There's actually other news today. Let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from Jane Tim at NBC, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, badass extraordinaire, has announced Tuesday she has filed charges, felonies, against 16 people who signed paperwork falsely claiming that Trump had won the 2020 election as part of a scheme to overturn the results. These are all 16 of Georgia's fraudulent electors. U.S. presidents are technically voted in by slates of electors from each state who cast their votes for the candidates selected by their state's popular vote. In December 2020, as Trump tried to overturn the results of the election, his allies readied alternative slates of electors in several states. We call them fraudulent here on Earth One. These appear to be the first charges filed against fake electors. They are. The announcement came the same day Trump said he'd been notified that he's a target of the investigation by uh, the Washington, D.C.-based grand jury looking at January 6th and the riot and the efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The 16 people being charged in Michigan apparently they tried to get into the state house, but the cop was like, no, the real electors are here. You can go away. So they met in a basement of the state's Republican Party headquarters and signed multiple certificates claiming they were the duly elected and qualified electors for president and vice president of the United States of America for the state of Michigan. And that's what Nestle said in recorded remarks today. She went on to say that was a lie. They weren't the duly elected and qualified electors, and each of the defendants knew it, she continued. Some of the electors attempted to deliver these false documents to their state Senate, but were turned away. The documents were later sent to the U.S. Senate and the National Archives, quote, with the intent that Vice President Pence would overturn the results of the election using the false electoral slate. Nestle said the fake electors are being charged with eight felony counts each, including forgery. These carry 14-year max sentences, most of them. 16 people forged documents and claimed to be duly elected and qualified electors for the state of Michigan. Again, that's Attorney General Dana Nessel. The false electors' actions undermine the public's faith in the integrity of our elections 
and not only violated the spirit of the laws enshrining and defending our democracy, but we believe also plainly violated the laws by which we administer our elections in Michigan and peaceably transfer power in America. Again, that's Dana Nessel. The 16 individuals include the GOP chair in Michigan, Mishan Maddock, and state Republican National Committee woman, Kathy Burden. Michael Lundgren, who was also charged, previously told local television station WDIV that she thought she was signing an attendance sheet for the meeting. Quote, I didn't even know what an elector was, let alone a fake elector, she told the station. Oh, good Lord. Even though they were told they had to keep quiet about what they were doing and was, were trying to yeah. get into the state house. Yeah. Nestle had previously referred the case to the DOJ. But Bridge, Michigan, reported earlier this year she was reopening her investigation because on the federal authorities hadn't filed charges against the electors. Nevada's attorney general, Democrat Aaron Ford, declined to prosecute the fake electors in that state, while a Georgia prosecutor, we know, Fonnie Willis, investigating Trump and his allies, has told false electors they could face criminal charges. But I believe she's given immunity to uh, quite a handful of them uh, in exchange for cooperation. Great. And if you're going to take away one thing from this story, it's that most Dana's rock. Yep. Yep. I think that's what we need to take away. I agree. Uh, This one's from the Daily Beast. Thank you very much. The American citizen who defected to North Korea during a border tour on Tuesday has been identified as U.S. Army Private Travis King. And this is according to multiple U.S. officials who spoke to the Associated Press and other outlets. King has been set to fly back to the U.S. after being detained in South Korea on assault charges for roughly two months. This is according to the officials who added that he was escorted to a South Korean airport for his flight back to Fort Bliss in Texas. The officials told AP that after passing through airport security, King somehow escaped, later joining an organized tour along the South Korean and North Korean border. Not funny, but also really, really smart. <laughs> yeah, this is such a weird story. The whole thing is very strange. The U.S. Army told the Daily Beast that a service member willfully slipped away from the tour and crossed into Hermit Kingdom. Now, it, it's this is the first U.S. defection to the communist regime since the 1960s. The United Nations Command, which is a force which operates in the demilitarized zone, otherwise known as the DMZ, and Joint Security Area, otherwise known as the JSA, if you hear that again in this story, dividing the Korean Peninsula, they initially tweeted that the U.S. national had crossed the border. And this is a quote from the story. A U.S. service member on a JSA orientation tour willfully and without authorization crossed the military demarcation line into the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, otherwise the DPRK. Colonel Isaac Taylor of the United States Forces Korea confirmed to the Daily Beast in a statement, we believe he is currently in DPRK custody and are working with our KPA counterparts to resolve this incident. The United States is now reportedly trying to establish his whereabouts and his condition. So according to NK News, a witness on the same tour saw one, a male member of her group, run across the border as they visited the JSA. So she saw him flee. This is a quote. To our right, we hear a loud, ha ha and one guy from our group that has been with us all day, he runs in between two of the buildings and over to the other side. This is from Michaela Johansson of Sweden. And as she continued, it took everybody a second to react and grasp what had actually happened. Then we were ordered into and through Freedom House and running back to our military bus, end quote in that story. She reportedly added that visitors of the JSA had been asked by authorities not to share images of the incident, because I'm sure a bunch of people had their cameras out. Now, the JSA, also known as the Truce Village, 
is the border village inside the DMZ where soldiers from the opposing regimes of, help me out with this one, Pyongyang, 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 thank you, and Seoul, I got that one, (laughs) stand and face one another. It's also the place where diplomatic negotiations take place between the North and the South. So this whole story is bananas. Yeah, it's like the South Korean soldiers, North Korean soldiers standing there staring at each other all day. It's where it's where Trump walked through and shook Kim Jong-un's hand. We were like, what? Oh, dear. Yeah. So this guy's like, bah, ha, ha, and just ran across, <laughs> across the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is a serious story, but the visual is hilarious to me. Does he think that facing assault charges in the United States would somehow be worse than whatever's going to happen to him in North Korea? I, don't I can't imagine, but. Maybe he had a deal. Maybe he's got friends on the... I don't know. It's really interesting. Right. But we'll, if more happens in this story, you know, if we find out about his condition or his whereabouts or what he was thinking, we'll let you know. Next up from Ryan Riley, a man who carried a tiki torch during the racist Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville in 2017 has now been charged in connection with the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Tyler Bradley Dykes, a former Marine who served several months in prison after a state grand jury charged him in connection with the racist event in Charlottesville, where far-right extremists chanted, you will not replace us, as well as the Nazi slogan, blood and soil. In Virginia, burning objects with the intent to intimidate is a crime. An FBI affidavit said that Dykes was referred to by online sleuths as hashtag gray goose and was wearing a gray puffer jacket, that's why he's gray goose, and a gray textured gaiter, and a tan Adidas baseball hat with a black stripe running through the adjustable band. An FBI tipster said in late 2021 that Dykes said he went to the Capitol as other rioters were beating up officers, and that he was still in the military at the time. A confidential human source then provided open source information supporting the identification. Video, the Fed said, showed that Dykes stole a riot shield from law enforcement and raised it over his head. (laughs) I stayed quiet as long as I could. Please continue. I'm so glad that I did not have to read this story. Keep going. (laughs) To establish sole possession of the item. Dykes faces an array of misdemeanors as well as felonies, including obstructing, impeding, or interfering with officers, performing their duties, etc. The judge ordered him temporarily detained and set a detention hearing for Wednesday. So I hope Dykes go to prison. Hmm. Meh. Yep. Good people on both sides there. Yeah. I'm so glad there's the consequences for these. I mean, it's crazy. So many people. He had consequences for for Charlottesville and then went ahead and did this shit again. So some people, I guess, just don't learn. You seem to be correct on that, Uh, especially a lot of his followers. This last story in the segment is from The Guardian and seems ancient artifacts sent from Israel to the U.S. four years ago on a short-term basis and intended for display at a White House event They've ended up where? I'll give you one guess. (laughs) Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Mm -hmm. Jesus H. Now, the Israeli daily, uh, Haaretz, God, I feel so bad sometimes that I mispronounce these things that I should probably know. Haaretz reported on Tuesday that antiquities, including ancient ceramic oil lamps, part of Israel's National Treasures Collection, were shipped to Washington, D.C. with the approval of then-director of the Israel Antiquities Authority, and this name is Israel Hassan, for use in a Hanukkah candle lighting event at the White House. Now, the event took place in December of 2019 when Trump was in office. This also story just sounds like it was fucking made up. I'm surprised Trump wasn't like, it was a president from Netanyahu. We're very close. Mm -hmm. In the end, the oil lamps were not displayed due to U.S. concerns. 
that they may have been taken from the Israeli-occupied West Bank. The Antiquities authorities plan to have clay candelabra, candelabra, it's a menorah, uh, returned via a special courier was disrupted. So they think that the idea to send this back was disrupted, however, by the outbreak of COVID-19 in 2020. So that's what they're blaming for this. COVID-19 couldn't get it back. The pandemic resulted in the artifacts getting, quote unquote, stuck in the U.S. since officials did not want to risk using regular shipping channels to return the treasures. Well, Hassan told Haaretz that Saul Fox, who's a major American Jewish donor to the Antiquities Authority, who attended that 2019 Hanukkah celebration with Trump, was asked to take care of the items until they could be returned safely. But Israeli officials recently learned that the antiquities eventually ended up at the former president's estate at Mar-a-Lago, which made headlines, as we know, this year for that FBI raid of the premises. Now, it is not clear how the artifacts ended up at Mar-a-Lago, by the way, or whether Trump is even aware that they're on the premises. I'd be shocked (laughs) if he knows what a menorah is. Haaretz reported that efforts by senior Israeli officials to retrieve the national treasures have so far failed. Now, a source updated on the affair told Haaretz He would not be surprised if, and I quote, the items Israel seeks are also eventually found in some bathroom there. (laughs) And I take that back. The only reason he would know what a menorah is is because of his son-in-law and, you know, obviously the woman married to the human scentless lotion. The current director of this Israel Antiquities Authority, Eli Escozito, said he had contacted the Israeli Foreign Affairs Ministry the Strategic Affairs Ministry, Ron Dermer, and the former U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, asking for their help in retrieving the items from Mar-a-Lago. But without success, no one's been able to get them back. Yeah, they're in the... Let's look at those photos in the Jack Smith indictment, see if we can see them anywhere in the the ballroom or the bathroom or the The candelabra. Come on, whoever wrote this story. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Mm. Uh, Anyway... So all that's missing. Great. Yay. Any yeah. how much how much shit did he steal? How much shit did he just walk away? If it's not nailed down, you're probably not getting it back. Just want everybody to Well, know. I he stole two Supreme Court seats. Can we lock that in with that? <laughs> yeah. There's Boxes, quite a bit. Menorahs and two Supreme Court seats, among and other an, things. Attempted election. Yeah. Oh man, I hope this SOB goes to prison for one of these indictments. Yeah. Well, hey, that DC one looks pretty promising. Uh, Although, you know, I will say that uh, with that target letter, apparently no one else has gotten a target letter. And there has to be somebody else who will get one because you can't have a conspiracy to defraud the United States without a co-conspirator. I would think think Meadows would be involved, wouldn't? I mean, wouldn't you think? Meadows probably is cooperating. Rudy probably is cooperating. But I would would expect Eastman and Cheeseboro and Clark at least uh, to have some part in this. And Rudy, I feel like he can't possibly cooperate all the way. I think he might have to plead guilty to some shit, but and like help in other ways, kind of like kind of like Michael Cohen did, you know? Right. Totally. Uh, But, yeah, it's early. We'll see. see. Um, And everybody, it's time to start listening to the Jack podcast if you don't. All right, we have a lot of good news to get to, but we have to take a quick break. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp is not a crisis hotline. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash daily beans. Start living a better life today. 
Life can sometimes feel uncertain and the way forward might not always be clear. And you know, I've experienced this myself. I have PTSD. I have generalized anxiety. Oftentimes I get overwhelmed. It's hard to ask for help. Um, but always remember, even when things seem uncertain, you, ha- you have the power to find your way, whether it's career choices, relationship issues, anything else. Therapy helps you stay in touch with what you really want so you can move forward with confidence and enthusiasm. Uh, Just like any skill, the more you practice making decisions that align with your values, the easier it becomes. The more you practice setting healthy boundaries, the easier it becomes. And the impact of therapy on that is undeniable. It's an education in resilience and emotional intelligence, and it teaches positive coping strategies, boundary setting, ignites the power to be the best you that you can be. And it's not just for significant trauma. It's a key to unlock your fullest and potential self and navigate life's challenges. So if you're considering therapy, BetterHelp is a fantastic, fantastic place to start. It's all online, designed for your convenience, and it's very flexible. You fill out a short questionnaire, and you're on your way to meeting a licensed therapist. And remember, if the fit isn't right, switching therapists is free and easy at BetterHelp. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Daily Beans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, shout out to someone you love, to yourself, to your partner, to your spouse, to a business in your area, to your kids, uh, to your parents. I just love shout outs. That's like my favorite thing. Um, Also, if you have a whoopee story or a blankie or a stuffed animal story, love those. Frog orgies, of course, baby pictures, pod pet tax. If you don't have a pod pet, you can send an adaptable pet in your area. Whatever you want to send us, go to dailybeanspod.com. And click on contact. We love the good news. We need the good news. We do, good we do, we do. Is life. All right. First up from Diane, pronoun she and her. Hello, ladies. First, you did a lovely job as always conveying how huge and important the approval of an OTC oral contraceptives, uh, how important it is. Just a little clarification and insight into why these are progesterone only. It's actually estrogen that needs to be countered by progesterone. Yeah, I think I corrected myself yesterday on that. In women who still have a uterus, Without the progesterone, there's a risk of uterine cancer. In addition, estrogen can increase the risk of dangerous clots called a deep vein thrombosis, which could result in a clot traveling from the, to the lungs, and that could result in death. Healthcare providers assess for a woman's risk of DVT before prescribing an estrogen-containing product. If you're high risk, you're placed on progesterone only. The progesterone-only pill would be the safest option for an OTC oral contraceptive. That's such good, good information. Thank you. No. Yes, pet tax. Here's my sweet Sammy Lou, the product of siblings who matured unexpectedly fast. Oops, I practice medicines on humans. This kind of pussy is not in my wheelhouse. She's small and mighty and perfectly (laughs) healthy. Oh, look at this beautiful baby. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. I love her little mustache. All right, AG, thank you so much for that. This is from Hope, who is an RN, pronouns they, she. Hi, Beans Queens. I started listening to the pod a couple months ago, and it's a great way to start each morning as I get ready for work as a nurse specializing in gender-affirming surgery. Hope, thank you very much. I so appreciate knowing anti-trans news items will be called out for the harmful nonsense they are when I hear about it from you two. And I desperately need to hear good news living in a world where hurting my patients has become tool for political gain. Well said. Now, I really appreciate this part of the submission. 
This is from Hope. I have a background in sexual reproductive health, including hormone care. I wanted to share additional information for context about why progestin-only pills, but not combination estrogen-progestin pills, are safe. This is a continuation of OTC sales. AG, you hit the nail on the head that HRT for perimenopausal symptoms is different than contraceptive hormone use because younger patients do make enough estrogen on their own, whereas perimenopausal patients do not. Yeah, uh, thanks for the reminder. Progestin (laughs) does support uterine lining growth. (laughs) The one week of placebo pills in a four-week contraceptive pack will trigger menstruation. So we don't worry about a buildup of uterine lining in reproductive age patients. Oh, well, la-di-da. I know. However, estrogen does carry a statistically significant risk for cardiovascular events, including potentially fatal clots. So must be prescribed by a provider competent in individual risk assessment for estrogen use. Now, progestin-only contraceptives are far safer for use without supervision by a provider. So it makes sense. This is the first type of hormonal contraception available over the counter. Okay. Now, this is a part I was talking about. Quick reminder that transgender men can become pregnant and transgender lesbians can cause pregnancies too. Thank you for this, Hope. I made a joke the other day about unwanted pregnancies or accidental pregnancies and that lesbians and, and gay men were not contributing. And so I appreciate this correction very much. Our LGBTQ community is not exempt from that staggering 50% unintended pregnancy rate. And in fact, unintended pregnancies are common among trans folks as it's a common misconception that gender-affirming hormone therapy is sufficient to prevent pregnancy. It's not. Trans folks with reproductive organs intact still need to use contraceptives to prevent pregnancy, not hormone therapy alone. I love learning that just now, by the way. Speaking of unintended pregnancies, my wonderful brother recently opened his home to a pregnant feral mama cat who chose him and his husband as foster parents for her litter of teeny kitty beans. Her litter of four will be ready for adoption in the next month or two. He is located in Ventura County, California, and willing to deliver the kittens to the right home. With shelters overrun during kitten season, he and his husband have had to take on the fostering and adoption process alone. They are already dads to four cats and cannot keep the extra kittens. Could you help share these sweet faces to see if any California listeners have an open home and heart for a new baby bean or the, of their own? Thanks again for all you do. Hope, thank you for this entire submission. It is chocked full of information, and these fucking kittens are melting my heart. Hi, little beans. Look at them. It's all right. Anybody in Ventura want a kitten, you know what to do. Email us. Hello at MullerSheWrote.com. I got the best kitty meow. Meow. Look at the one. Oh, I love that one. With his mouth, with the meowing one. He's so cute. I know. They're adorable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Excellent. Great educate. I'm learning so much from our amazing listeners. I've learned a lot already during this good news block. Yeah, it's incredible. Next up from LEC. Hi, AG and DG. Love the pod. Thanks for all you do to keep us informed without being overwhelmed and always managing to bring a smile to my face, even on the hard news days. I'm submitting a shout out to my wonderful friend, Liz Lincoln. She's an author, therapist, and all-around crusader for the forces of good in the world. Liz and I met through the wonderful, supportive community of romance writers, affectionately known as Romancelandia online. If you're not familiar with Romancelandia, just know that romance writers are a force to be reckoned with. Just ask Georgia's own Stacey Abrams. Yep. My dear friend Liz is always in the vanguard, speaking her mind online, volunteering for political campaigns, contributing to auctions that raise funds for disaster relief, 
women and LGBTQIA rights, voting rights, and more. Liz's passion for justice shows up in her wonderful romance novels as well. Her latest release is called Meeting Her Match, where the heroine is not only a purple-haired bisexual professional soccer player, but she also chooses to have an abortion after an unexpected pregnancy. Liz deals with the topic honestly, including some of the consequences for the couple after the Dobbs decision. It's not every author who could work such a true representation of a woman's right to choose, especially in a romance. So this is my shout out to my powerhouse political romantic, who is also a kick-ass therapist in her professional life and one of the most supportive friends I've ever had the pleasure of having in my life. Please check out Liz's work at lizlincoln.com or wherever books are sold. For pet tax, I'm including a pic of my late great golden retriever, Alex, and my current love bug, Mutt Minnie. Look how sweet. I love I, I I love the older goldens when they get the gray around their face. Oh yeah, mm, the babies. So beautiful. Thank you for that. This is from Rowan, pronouncing him. I present for your consideration, Ruby, <laughs> the cat who will curl up on anything vaguely square shaped that I put on my bed. Yesterday, she cuddled up with a giant U lock I had yet to take out of the plastic mail bag. Something about the object screamed snugly, but she appeared to have a lovely time. Thanks for all that you do. <laughs> she just wants to lay on your stuff because you yeah, know that's that she's, she's going to get your attention sooner or later. You want to no, take no, the next one too, my friend? Sure. This is from Anonymous, pronoun she, they. Hello, my podcast besties. Thanks for all you do. Uh, the 2B principle from the 717 Good News inspired me to share. You rock, by the way. I went back to school at 39 to become an occupational therapist. Quick PSA, we use the term occupation to donate the things humans occupy our time with, not just jobs. It was a journey and quite a story itself for another day. What drove me to take the leap was learning at 35 the glory of sensory processing. We have eight sensory systems, not five, and how hmm. it affects our ability to engage in the world. It changed my life. Now I spend my days being a safe space for preschoolers, teaching parents and teachers to do the same and changing the world one bear hug at a time. OT is life. Embrace your power to heal. Embrace each other with consent. We can do this together with a heart. P.S. Pet tax, including Luna, Henry, and Olive, the three love bugs. Margaret Scratcher, hilarious, not pictured because she's a very private kitty. Oh, excuse us, Margaret. <laughs> yes, excuse me, Margaret Scratcher. <laughs> the Iron Lady must have privacy. I didn't I always wondered why they call it occupational therapy. It's not just jobs. It's used to denote the things humans occupy our time with. That's amazing. That makes sense. Look at these baby kitties. Hello. Oh, it's a bath. So it's many, a three-way bath. So many kitties in the good news. So good. Thank you for that. And thank you for that submission. Really just interesting stuff. Yeah, and the principal. I love that story, right? Oh, so good. Uh, so from good. July 17th. All right, next up from Anonymous, no pronouns. Aloha, AG and TG. I discovered the Daily Beans on the Jack podcast. Huh, I'm now a daily listener. For the first time since 2016, I've taken social media break because y'all do the doom scrolling for me. Mahalo. <laughs> That's very true. Nice. I'm, re I'm reaching out to share some good news about bad news. For the first time in four years, Maui will have its Out of the Darkness Suicide Prevention Walk hosted by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We have a friendly competition going, trying to beat Oahu in donations and walkers. If you happen to be in Maui, show us some aloha and join us on September 23rd. Maui is a beautiful place, but the pandemic has left its mark, especially in our kiddos. 
If any licensed clinical social workers or psychologists are looking for a beautiful place to provide care, I beg you to come work in Maui, especially if you work with kids. While people of Hawaii are infinitely resilient, the last few years have been challenging for our people and we do not have enough professionals to help. For pod pet tax, I introduce you to my fur goblin friend, Dr. Squeak. She is actually my neighbor's cat, but comes to see me every day, and I absolutely love her. Thanks for all you do and for brightening my morning. Do you got that? Licensed clinical social workers, professionals, therapists who work with kids. Maui needs you. Yes. And uh, it's a beautiful place. It's one of my favorite places to visit. Uh, so um, definitely check that. Look at these kitties. Oh. oh, the baby. So many kitties. So many kitties today. It's It's kitty day. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for all of this. Everyone, all your submissions, lots of tabbies. We got some torties. Of course, we got the goldens in there. And then we got the little tiny beans. Um, and then we got the the tabby up front. So from Diane, thank you, everyone, for sending in your good news. I know there's a lot of good news in the regular news, you know, with the indictments coming, indictments happening, more indictments coming, a lot of justice. Uh, but we still need your good news submissions. If you send them to us, we would be eternally grateful. You can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, Dana, do you have any final thoughts on this Wednesday? My final thought is just that I know justice doesn't always come as swift as we'd like, but it sure seems like it's coming. Yeah, on kind of all at once. Yep kind of all at once right now. Um, today was a big day and it's just going to keep being like that for a while. So everybody will be never back. Never a peaceful day left in his life. <laughs> Every day sucks for him and that to me is justice. Uh, so we will be back in your ears tomorrow with whatever the fuck happens tomorrow. Uh, so until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. 
expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.